You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand Rising, everyone. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. We got another magnificent Monday in the works for y'all. I love to start the week off right, and I'm so glad that my guest, Winfield Ezel, is in the building today. We'll get to talk all about what he does with his production company, how he's constantly pouring into the community, and making sure that our youth also have the opportunity and the purview to really be guided by his expertise. So I'm so excited that he is in the building with me today. I'm telling y'all, you know, we're we going to have a really great conversation because I've been able to do some work with this brother. I know him well, so I'm excited that he's joining me. Uh, of course, y'all know it is the top of the show, so it's a great time right now for you to participate with us. Go ahead and tag and share the stream with folks who you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you cannot watch our TV show here, we'd surely have you covered because you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, uh, whichever platform is your favorite. Go ahead and search for us and y'all will find us there. Well, before I get into it with Winfield today, I am so excited. I had the pleasure and the opportunity to connect with Apple and this, and we're talking about A for Apple Learning Center. Absolutely. And I want to give a huge shout out to Apple, her entire team for up lifting our young folks in the community with such phenomenal programming, y'all. Seeing it inside, watching them connect with those young kids. I'm telling you, it was beyond. I've been talking to Apple for a very long time about what her center is going to offer before it was even open. And now to really be able to see it in practice, I'm totally elated. Check out A for Apple Learning Center. everyone, Trey Holiday here, and I am at A for Apple Early Learning Center with Miss Apple herself right here in the historic Trey. Central District. Apple, this is such a phenomenal center. Thank you for bringing us yeah. in so we can see all of the behind the scenes that goes on right here as they are teaching the children right behind us. Apple's going to give me a little tour around the building so we can actually see how A for Apple Early Learning Center is providing early learning and literacy for young folks right here in the Central District. Sounds good? Sure. Let's do it. All right. My mom, she actually birthed A for Apple over 26 years ago. So I'm her business partner. Um, she laid the foundation and I just elevated to where, where it is today. 
It seemed like she always had the children in the community, so she birthed A for Apple. Um, everyone was asking for care at A for Apple, and my mom had this long waiting list, so I came up with this idea. Hey mom, let me become your business partner. I know I can revamp some things, and this can be great for everyone. So here we are today on 23rd in Jackson in the same neighborhood um, that A for Apple was birthed. Um, it is very important being able to provide a quality education where it's like equal access to all the curriculums, all the theories, just supporting the developmental growth. So not only are my children leaving out of my program academically ready, but their social and emotional is getting supported as well. Because like I tell families, it takes a village. We're gonna all work together to support the development of their child. You know, I graduated with my bachelor's in early childhood education in June. Um, Wow. And for me, that was a wow moment because I really didn't have to, per se, because I already had the business. Right. But who wouldn't want to stay educated and on top of knowing how to better support the children in the community? I know watching my mom struggle, but she never made it a struggle for us. Um, I like being able to give back to take that ease off of families um, and just being able to support them. Seeing families walk away with a smile and children so excited to get something new. In five years, I see A for Apple possibly having a second location. Um, we do a lot of community work where we give back to the community, um, providing free resources. So I definitely see uh, A for Apple part two along somewhere in the central district that again, I wanna make sure the area that I grew up in and the area that I have ownership in that is strengthened and everyone's able to have access to quality education and resources. Wow, Apple, thanks so much for showing us around. Yes. A for Apple Learning Center is doing it all. I mean, I got to see some kids uh, doing their counting in French. <laughs> so we're a dual language program, so yes, definitely. Well, you are offering so many amazing things here. If families are looking to connect and bring their young folks here and learn more about all the literacy programs that y'all are doing, tell us how we get families here. Definitely reach out to us at aforapplelearningcenter.org. Um, we're always scheduling tours for families to come in so you can see the children interacting as well as the teachers interacting throughout the day. Great work, Apple. Phenomenal. Wow. Y'all, I'm telling you, kudos to the whole A for Apple team. You saw there, it is still a family business. You know, mom and brother in the building, getting things done for the business side, bringing that level of 
dedication and commitment to our young learners. And they also have programs that they're building for uh, learners that are of other ages, older ages. And so to talk to Apple about how she foresees all of this work moving forward over the years, it's just a brilliant plan that they have and really dedicated to keeping it right here in the Central District. So kudos to the whole A for Apple team. I'm so glad that Converge got to be there. I'm glad I got to be there and witness it firsthand. Well, of course, I get to talk to Winfield Ezel after this short break about all of the phenomenal places he's been throughout his career as a owner of a production company, how he's continuously dedicating himself to the community just as much as Apple is and her entire family. Y'all, you don't want to miss this. Stay tuned right after this short break. You're watching The Day with Trey. What I would say to that future entrepreneur is self-care. I think that the process of building a business and wearing all the hats that come with that can be very challenging. And sometimes we miss out on um, really cool, important opportunities with people we love and within our community. And although we make an impact as entrepreneurs, you know, to people in our community, especially like with our families, like not only from a financial standpoint, but just from them seeing you live your dreams, it can inspire um, the people in your house and the folks around you. But I also think that entrepreneurship um, can be hard and sometimes you don't think about taking care of yourself. And I think that should be something that's planned from the very beginning when you start to think about owning a business. I went through a program called Anew. They provided us with tools, transportation. They helped out with um, gas cards. My goal is to journey out with my company and then go into underwater welding. I get the opportunity to do home projects because I'm learning a life skill. This is something that can build a future for you, can build a future for your family. Good things come to those that work for their things. Visit the link at the end of this video to learn more. Hey guys, Basil Gordon here. Right now I am with my exclusive fam. And in case you missed it, August is National Black Business Month. So of course, Converge Media is going to uplift different black businesses across the Pacific Northwest. And we want for you to nominate your favorite by going to whereweconverge.com forward slash black business month. Again, that is whereweconverge.com forward slash black business month. And honestly, you never know. Girl might pull up. The new COVID-19 updated booster provides the best protection available right now. So don't wait. Stay safe this summer and get your updated booster today. To find a free vaccine provider near you, go to kingcounty.gov forward slash vaccine. Big Tobacco thinks they know everything. They think they know you, your community, the places you go, the way that you spend your time. They think they got you all figured out. Down to a formula, a calculation based off of numbers of what they think they know. Show them they're wrong. Learn more at theythinktheyknowyou.org. All 
All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is Winfield Ezel. What's up, Win? Hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm amazing. How are you? Man, I'm good, man. So, so glad to be here and be on this side in front of the camera. In the studio, Converse Studios, beautiful as always. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm like a little kid right now. Uh, well, no, I'm telling you, I, I was like, oh, I'm so glad it worked out with your schedule because I've been wanting to get you here for a while. You have been doing some phenomenal work because you've been dedicated to not only bringing your lived experience through film, but you've been doing it for the community as well, always willing to provide insight and mentorship. So I just got to talk about the beginnings. We're going to go all the way back. I know, I know you always talk about being a, a, a man from down south. We're just going to go all the way back. What got you saying, you know what? I think this is my, my calling. I'm going to pick up this camera. I'm going to do some dope stuff with it. Tell us about those beginnings. Well, you know, what's interesting is um, I, I grew up in a real estate household. My dad was an entrepreneur, real estate, came from corporate world. And um, we always participated in local politics. This was in Florida. And so I thought that the way I was going to change the world as a youngster, I'm talking like 10 years old, a little Afro and some glasses, um, was going to be through politics. Mm -hmm. And so I got older. And then, I mean, in 1989, I was in the theater and I saw Spike Lee's film, Do the Right Thing. And straight up, I walked out of the theater filmmaker that day, mainly because what I was feeling and how that film touched me showed me the power of the medium of storytelling and filmmaking. So really 1989 was the number, you know? Wow. And so that's really how it came about. Yep. Well, you know, there's always something that inspires creativity in us. I think about the very first play that really sparked me to be like, oh my God, seeing Felicia be loud on stage. And I'm like, oh my God, she's singing and, and, and acting phenomenally. I was blown away. So there's always something that's kind of like that catalyst. As you think about how you then began to create your company, do certain projects. I mean, you shared some stories with me about, man, early days, you know, I had some lessons to learn. Tell us about some of those early lessons that got you to where you are today. Well, you know, a couple of things. Um, I, also at that time, um, I moved to Washington State um, to a little bitty spot called Centralia, Washington. Uh, most folks know that because the factory outlets was down yeah. there. <laughs> but um, I moved there. Uh, my mom was there. She's a teacher. And so I ended up going to Centralia College there. And the plan was to um, transfer back to Morehouse. Still was on, you know, finance major head at the law school. And like I said, I saw do the right thing. And then I was just in this like, man, OK, film. I want to do film. I want to do storytelling. I know I can touch a bunch of people like that and uh, ended up finding out that WSU had a great communications program, not necessarily a film program. And so I Centralia College, I was on the radio. They had a little TV station next door. So this bug kept just biting me. And um, and that's where I found that I had a knack for it. Like radio was first. And um, I was like, man, you can get paid for this. And uh, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. But <laughs> so it was radio. And then I did a... Uh, at a TV show at Washington State, and that really is where I honed everything in and also wrote my first script right when I was leaving Wazoo in 95. So when I look at some of the challenges, I think the main thing was finding folks that look like me. You know, I realized quick that, you know, there was this um, 
you know, holy grail of access, if you will, that we just didn't have any pathways or roads to. So I always found that I was the only one in the room a lot of times. Um, a lot of the things that I wanted to talk about that was important to me and my community, um, being from the South, <clears throat> coming to the Northwest, having these two different cultures kind of just, you know, just run head on into each other, just really made me see a need for us to participate in not only just storytelling from the community level, but our narrative, you know, mm -hmm. like really having a hand in how we're viewed, what folks are saying about us, because I also learned news at Washington State. And I knew that I couldn't really work in anybody's newsroom, especially in those days, because I was going to go in there and push the envelope on how they reported on us and our community. And I wasn't, you know, I didn't have the wherewithal to sometimes be quiet. So, <laughs> but I think those were the challenges, just finding space where, um, where I saw myself and the people that I was trying to talk to and, and being able to reach them. You know, I mean, you know, you know, this game is a lot about distribution. And, and so I think, you know, access, you know, is how I kind of coined it through the years. And it was on both sides, access for us as a community to content that represents us, but then also access for us as content creators on how we reach our community, you know, avenues and pathways. So I think yeah. that was really the challenges that kind of brought me forward. Well, it's interesting too that you say that because then you create a production company and you start opening up opportunities for folks that look like you to be on sets, to be right there producing commercials, films, all the things that you have been able to do. Tell us about some of those works that really kind of anchored you in your form of storytelling. Yeah, well, I think, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, you learn a lot um, sometimes, you know, folks say from failure, like sometimes I think I've heard it said that success is a, is a string of failures, you know, that happens and you keep adapting and overcoming, you know. Um, and I think for me, you know, early on, I set out to do a film um, and I always, man, that was one of those things I was in college and uh um, there was an athlete in college who was making waves in the Olympics. He put some money up. Um, in fact, I still owe him somewhere <laughs> down the line. I got you. Don't even worry. You know who you are. Um, but I went to Alabama to shoot this film and I just realized quick how deep I was in, man. And the universe, man, God in the universe will do you right, right? Um, because while I was there, I man, I had took, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of cat to jump all the way in. So, I mean, I shipped all my equipment down there. I hired a few folks from up here and we all went down, um, stayed at my family's, you know, uh, one of my uncle's houses. We were there and uh, it was a great experience and one of the toughest experiences at the same time, because I realized I had bitten off way, way more than I could chew, mm -hmm. you know. And it's funny sitting here, you know, as 54-year-old when thinking about, you know, 24-year-old when um, doing that. And I remember sometimes some of the uh, some of the more experienced people, I remember I would say things and they would give this little chuckle. <laughs> and I never understood why, you know, but they would help me anyway, which was a testament, right? And... Um, but I now know what that chuckle was for because I think back of what I was trying to do. Um, but I learned a, a great lesson right there. That was probably the first time I always tell folks like 
you know, when you get knocked out by the game, one of those where you don't even realize you're down, you're like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, okay. But one of the things I was at, uh, we were in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and Spike Lee was speaking at something they were having. He had come to the school and there was a friend that we had met and she was like, yo, Spike Lee's coming. I got y'all tickets. You know how it is in college. You know, it's mm -hmm. free for the students. And we went and I'll never forget Spike Lee was telling about his first film, right? Which never got made. And I remember he was talking about, he said he was in the bathtub laying there and got all shriveled up, had been in there because he knew when he walked out, he had to go tell everybody who all of these people are now great individuals in our industry. I mean, Ernest Dickerson was there. Monty Ross was a great producer. Um, Robbie Reed was probably close around somewhere as casting. And, um, so it was interesting because he talked about, he said, I was in there. The check wasn't coming. I had believed all the lies. I had told all the last lies I was going to tell. When I get out of here on the other side of that door, I've got to let them know that this ain't going to happen. Mm -hmm. I was going through that mm -hmm. at that time. I had come to the realization already. And the next conversation was going to be with my crew. So when I heard that Spike Lee went through that, I was like, oh, okay. I'm on path then. I mean, if it happened to him, look where he is now. Yeah. Okay. Don't take this as the end all be all. You need to regroup, get a different strategy together and come at it a different way. And that's what happened. So that was like my first big, big, I mean, they threw a party for me when I left. I got, I still keep this big poster where they had signed all their names. Like when you come back, you're going to be this, you know, and it's one of those things where you just remember too, that there's a lot of people rooting for you. You know, so no matter how it turns out, you know, you still, you know, owe a responsibility to those folks that were looking out for you. So. Well, it's, it's one of those lessons in creativity. I mean, you're so right that, you know, sometimes through the string of failures, you really find success. But ultimately, it's the level of dedication. You never gave up. Right. Like, right. look at you all these years later. You're still on sets. You're still curating amazing content, being that storyteller. And sometimes you don't understand you have like a vision of what kind of like, oh, it's got to be at this certain level or whatever. And then when you look back and you go, wait a minute, look at all the dope stuff that I've created over the years because I was steadfast in doing it. Uh, you know, working with you over the years, bringing different products and programs out. You have also really been dedicated to sharing the knowledge with young folks. And I want to hear about your commitment there in terms of, yo, we need the, the example. Right? right to be set for a lot of young creatives tell us why you're so dedicated in that regard well you know i i believe that at least from you know i mean when, when you look at progress and moving the needle whether you're talking about racism whether you're talking about um you know cultural objectivity where where we get to say how our culture is translated into you know the mainstream. Um, I believe that part of moving the needle for us on a lot of our, um, <clears throat> a lot of the things that our community faces is storytelling is a component of that. And, and storytelling from the standpoint of like controlling our narrative. I heard a statement, a quote many, many years ago that I always remember. And I don't know who said it. I've looked, but it was like he who controls the image controls the people. Mm. <clears throat> and so I realized that we have never in a lot of ways been in control of our own image. 
And so that's where um, I'm always going to lean into somebody that's trying to learn, um, somebody that wants to do it, somebody that's doing it, no matter what level. I mean, you know, I had one of my business partners in Atlanta. He was technically not savvy. However, he knew how to get that camera. He knew how to work a camera. And I loved editing his footage because his eye was so good. And it's probably because he wasn't technically savvy and he was so connected to the story. So I'm always down for folks doing it at whatever level, you know, it's young folks or if you're even young in it, because a lot of times people come to storytelling later, later in life, you know, when they got, they figured out kind of what they want to say and how they want to say it. And so, you know, I'm always down for that. Um, You know, I try to stay involved as much as I can. I mean, you know, over at um, the William Gross Center, you know, we're trying to make some things happen over there. So that's I think that's where my dedication comes from, because I believe we need is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from the old school, bum rush the door. Right. Yeah. So I want us to have, you know, not just one seat at the table where we're all represented. I want us to have five, six seats at the table or better yet, you know, even our own table. That's right. And then they come to our table and then, you know, maybe we can get it, get something going. <laughs> yeah. Collaborate that way. Yeah. Well, you know, th- th- for me, when I think about what's so needed, um, particularly in our community here in, in black community within the Seattle kind of greater metro area is more and more examples of it and more and more pipelines. So I love being able to work with you over the years on, you know, creating pipelines. And I think there's still something that can be done there in terms of connecting young folks with creative houses, right? Major production companies that are already producing commercials. We know it's a huge market here. um, And yet there's still, it's still predominantly white. And you have leaders that are really trying to push the needle. I know Tony uh, was trying to make it happen and and did such a phenomenal job of dedicating a year um, with his company to to open up the doors for interns um, that look like us. And I think there's something to be said for, you know, folks who have the purview and the opportunity to really do that and be dedicated to those kinds of creative uh, areas and opportunity creating those opportunities for young folks. But I also think too that the ways that I have been able to experience community media is really it's it's something just like that that what we just played you know A for Apple Learning Center. We get to go in because we got a great relationship with Apple, with her family. It's like there's something that's so special and unique. And you've been bringing your talent and time and treasure also to Converge Media. You've been doing a lot of different work and thank you for that. But there's something to be said, too, about this rise of community media. I just don't think we experience what we're experiencing now, being able to own this narrative, as you talked about. How have you been inspired by the the, the projects you've been on at Converge? Because you've been part of some phenomenal stories. Yeah. You know, um, first of all, shout out to Omari for having the wherewithal to see value in what what I was doing. Also, what my crew was doing, you know, Sean Coates, uh, Trey Zell, my son, Trey and I got to really dig in this summer with Converge. And, um, you know, the beautiful thing about not only working with Converge, but first I'll talk about it really from the value that I've gotten out of it is it's another layer into being a part of the community Mm. because we're doing true 
community stories from every perspective, even when we're doing when we were doing something major like Major League Baseball, when the All-Star game was here. But we were doing the Swingman Classic, HBCU. Um, we were in the international district. How are these things affecting us? You know, we went over to the Liberty Bank building and talked with, um, you know, Brother Y King and talked about just letting people understand that our experience, right? Our community experience is as much a part of the foundation of everything that's going on past, right? Present and future. And more importantly, the future, right? I was listening to, uh, Stick from Dad Prez, and he, he mentioned one of his lines was something about you plant the seed now and you'll eat when it's time to, mm. you know. And I think that that right there is is really what I think Omari and Converge has planted these seeds. And now it's time for us to eat. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because, um, I mean, I like you said, I've been on some great projects. We just did Rise Above. They're doing you know, combating suicide and homelessness for native youth. Um, EYFO, they have, they've been around for 23 years doing summer programs as well as after school programs, being that bridge between school and home and the things that happen. Um, I mean, I've just done so much. Uh, we went out to Suquamish, um, and learned about a, baseball team that they sent to Japan in 1921. I mean, it's just so many stories. And, you know, coming from the South, I'm used to community stories. There's so many stories. I do a lot of work in Mississippi, New Orleans, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, all down there. And we've got dope stories everywhere we go, you know, and I'm talking stories that can go up the ladder and become national and global stories, you know. Yeah. I mean, just like Selma, you know, um, I do a lot of work in Selma, Alabama, and that place is just, you know, we hear about Bloody Sunday, but there's so many more foot soldiers, as they're called, our elders who were on the ground at 13 and 14 years old. I talked to black farmers, our heritage, right? And getting back to, as we get into wellness and really taking better care of ourselves, you know, um, that's one of the things that that I try to do is connect some of these things. So, you know, um, what Converge has done, is doing, and I know will continue to do is truly making sure that the community has a voice, that the community is connected, and also that we claim our space within the bigger community. There it is. Yeah. When, uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on today, for sharing a bit about your story. I think we could do a whole special because you have <laughs> a whole plethora of yeah. experience to share. But of course, if folks are looking to connect with you, you got social media, you got a website, you got a whole production company, look right there, let them know how they connect with you. So, right, man, on Instagram to connect with me personally is Win Ezel, W-I-N-E-Z-E-L-L. -L. I always say no relation. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, also, um, and that's my personal, but what we're about to do right now is really launch our story at Obsidian. So, um, Obsidian 360 on Instagram as well as on Facebook. And then also we're, um, you know, we're doing some stuff in the cannabis space and we really, well, I call that the green space because it's not just cannabis, it's also about health and wellness. So we're moving in there. So on Instagram, I seen green and we're really just launching all of these things over the rest of this year, this final quarter. So I think, you know, we, we decided to 
tell our story as opposed to put a whole bunch of stuff up. Like we've been there forever. We want you to journey with us. So Obsidian 360, Instagram, Facebook, I seen green on Instagram. And we're just about to start telling the story and we're excited to have people join us. Right on, Wayne. Great work. Thanks again for joining me. Always a pleasure. Oh, thank you for having me. And always a pleasure, <laughs> you know, seeing it up close and personal, man. Thank you so much, Trey. Absolutely. Oh, I told y'all was going to be magnificent. I get to wrap it all up right after this short break. Stay tuned, y'all. You're watching The Day With Trey. What I would say to that future entrepreneur is self-care. I think that the process of building a business and wearing all the hats that come with that can be very challenging. And sometimes we miss out on um, really cool, important opportunities with people we love and within our community. And although we make an impact as entrepreneurs, you know, to people in our community, especially like with our families, like not only from a financial standpoint, but just from them seeing you live your dreams, it can inspire um, the people in your house and the folks around you. But I also think that entrepreneurship um, can be hard and sometimes you don't think about taking care of yourself. And I think that should be something that's planned from the very beginning when you start to think about owning a business. I went through a program called Anew. They provided us with tools, transportation. They helped out with um, gas cards. My goal is to journey out with my company and then go into underwater welding. I get the opportunity to do home projects because I'm learning a life skill. This is something that can build a future for you, can build a future for your family. Good things come to those that work for their things. Visit the link at the end of this video to learn more. Hey guys, Basa Gordon here. Right now I am with my exclusive fam. And in case you missed it, August is National Black Business Month. So of course, Converge Media is going to uplift different black businesses across the Pacific Northwest. And we want for you to nominate your favorite by going to whereweconverge.com forward slash black business month. Again, that is whereweconverge.com forward slash black business month. And honestly, you never know. Girl might pull up. The new COVID-19 updated booster provides the best protection available right now. So don't wait. Stay safe this summer and get your updated booster today. To find a free vaccine provider near you, go to kingcounty.gov forward slash vaccine. Big Tobacco thinks they know everything. They think they know you, your community, the places you go, and the way that you spend your time. They think they got you all figured out. Down to a formula, a calculation based off of numbers of what they think they know. Show them they're wrong. Learn more at theythinktheyknowyou.org.
Welcome back, everyone, to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I just got to thank my guest, Winfield Ezell, uh, for being here today and really sharing such an inspiring story of how he went through the triumphs and the trials of the creative process, but has always remained firm in knowing that he had a way to show up and show out for all of these amazing stories that he's been able to tell throughout his career. And it's always inspiring. For me, y'all know I get inspired by my guests and I'm so inspired by what he shared because, of course, as a fellow creative myself, you realize that you learn so much by doing and that's really what I heard him share today. So much of this is by doing. So I'm encouraging you be inspired and find your doing. What is it that you should be doing? How could you be affecting your community in a positive way by doing something? Absorbing is great too, but it also should inspire you to do. So find your way, y'all, to see yourself as a part of the solution as Wynn has. And of course, for me, y'all, thanks for watching. Until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.